Welcome to Do I Need Therapy? Get ready to receive valuable mental health tips and enjoy open conversations about life and love and when you need to ask for help. Let's reduce the stigma. I'm your host, Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. My guest experts and I are here to inspire you along your mental health journey and remind you, you are not alone. Hey family, this is Dr. April Andell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. And we are back here on the Do I Need Therapy show. Glad you're tuning in because today we are talking about how in the world do I pay for, for mental health therapy? This is it, this is like this, this grand, <laughs> difficult question that so many people talk about or, or are trying to figure out when they actually realize that they need help. So first step is that family, if that's you and you've come across this question, I'm so glad because that means that you've gone through the process of really checking in with yourself and maybe you do need therapy. And this is one of those follow-up questions, right? How do I pay for it? How do I find it? So today we're going to talk about how do you pay for it? And this is such a gigantic complicated question when in my opinion it it actually shouldn't be but the reason why that happens is because paying for mental health therapy is so intricately connected to insurance which is attached to a very large structure at least within the american process within the united states it's heavily heavily processed with insurance so it's very difficult just to navigate just because you know regular health insurance is as well so all the other places around the world that have really strong health insurance and or attached mental health insurance this varies a lot you know Sweden has its own process and system that is very much included inside of regular physical health insurance and then you also have England is like that with a large structure out there for health also Canada, I believe, but inside of that process, it's still very complicated, all because it's very much intertwined with the insurance industry, which is just not easy to navigate, right? (laughs) It's not easy to navigate. Okay, so let's dive in, family. When you are inside of this process of considering how to pay for therapy, usually it starts with, do I have insurance or don't I? So I'm going to walk you through some options for if you do have insurance, and then we'll talk about what it looks like when you don't have insurance. If you do have health insurance, that's a very good thing. That's the first place you want to start. But not all health insurance plans are the same. A lot of them have mental health benefits attached to it, and a lot don't. So just to let you know, January 2014, it was signed into law under the Affordable Care Act that every single plan purchased through that marketplace was to also include mental health therapy. Okay, so one more time, if you purchased through that healthcare.gov website, right, and you have a plan that is with the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. So if you have any of those plans, mental health insurance is included with your regular physical health insurance, okay? Which is such great news. We definitely want that, and that was such amazing progress. But it still is a little complicated, a little bit challenging. So I'm going to walk you through it. If you do have health insurance, it's important that you first start with your policy. So how many sessions are covered per year? How much is that 
limited on the amount of sessions that you can have. If there's any kind of copay, just like when you go to the doctor, you would have that doctor's visit be a certain amount and then you would pay a copay at the office. So all of those processes are pretty much the same whenever you're dealing with mental health therapy. And inside of that also is a question about how much is going to be reimbursed. If that is possible with your insurance, knowing that portion of the fee that your insurance may or may not cover is very important to determine and figure out in advance. And you'd be doing that by talking to your therapist or your mental health professional and or your insurance carrier. Sometimes you're also trying to figure out the deductible, which is a predefined amount that you pay right out of your pocket, right? It's a predefined amount that you're going to pay before the insurance company kind of kicks in their portion. So much (laughs) Chinese speak, the deductible, right? But all that means is you're trying to figure out how much they're going to pay for your sessions for the year before you have to pay them uh, your own amount out of pocket. It's very confusing. You can even see it's hard for me to explain (laughs) right now, right? And it's, 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 it's just challenging. But the very first thing is that if you do have health insurance, that's fantastic. So you're going to go and cover it similar to how you go through the process of finding your doctor. You look at your health insurance card, you find the directory, you look at your in-network providers, and you're going to call them, make an appointment. You are going to show up, you're going to give them your insurance card, likely you're going to have a copay, and then you're going to have your visit. So when you have the health insurance, that process is a little bit more succinct and together. And the only con to that is the fact that, once again, if you're working with a specific insurance directory, they only have specific mental health therapists. If you are wanting to work with a specific therapist or you're looking for a specific therapist with perhaps a specialty or with a specific cultural background that you kind of relate to, which is perfectly okay, they may or may not have that within their provider list. So it's kind of challenging a little bit. Another con is that whenever you would be working with a mental health therapist to be covered by insurance, you would need to be fully officially diagnosed. I really need you to understand that, family. When you have your insurance and you're going to therapy, The only way that the insurance reimburses you or pays for therapy or therapy sessions is with an official mental health diagnosis. Some people have a little reservation towards that. Family, I certainly do understand. Sometimes it can follow you through jobs, through specific applications, and sometimes not. The whole thing is that if we're banding together and making sure that this process of mental health The stigma to it is reduced because we're talking about it, we're seeking treatment, we're getting help, we're asking for support, we're finding therapy, we're working on our long-term overall health, right? Not only just a doctor's visit, you know, your annual, you're also working with your therapist. Hopefully this can fully decrease inside of our workplaces today so that that does not become a stigma to your record, right? So make sure that whenever you do take that you do take that risk with using your insurance for for your mental health care, that you stand very firmly, that you realize that you need a treatment to a certain difficulty, a certain health challenge, a certain mental health challenge, and you sought treatment. And 
that should end it right there with your jobs and employers, okay? So anybody who is going to utilize their insurance for mental health therapy, you absolutely have a really clear, direct system of how to do it. So just go ahead, and the first step is to call your insurance carrier, check in your directory, and then make that appointment. Another way that you can work with your insurance for your mental health therapy is to use your health savings account, right? Or your flexible spending account. These are simply known as your HSA or your FSA. So if you contribute to a health savings account or a flexible spending account, those monies, those funds are going to cover the cost of therapy. They, they easily can be. Um, this can even be with out-of-network insurance benefits as well. So the important thing that you remember is that when you have those funds inside of that system, it's something that you're giving over to the therapist so that they have provision to access it. So that is a very excellent way that you can utilize your health insurance, your HSAs or your FSAs for mental health therapy. And make sure you use every single one of those dollars, family, okay? They give you a certain amount every year and then you contribute a certain amount every year. So if you don't use them, you lose them every single year. So make sure that if you have something floating about and you have the availability, you may or may not see that you're going to need additional services for the year, but you're in that struggle of, do I need therapy? If that is a yes, and we've had several episodes now on what would share, what would show you that you need therapy right now, if you have funds in that FSA or HSA, take advantage of it right away before the year ends and go and seek therapy. Find your therapist and make that first appointment. To close that out, I want to open this up for any questions. So, you know, family, I play the most on Instagram. If you ever have any questions, just ask me, you know, come over to Instagram page, ask a question about your insurance and how that process is on therapy. I'm happy to answer them. And in the meantime, I hope this did answer for you just the first steps of how you would go about that with insurance. The next major group of people are those who are without insurance or those who choose not to use insurance. So this is, is a varied subject here. So let me just first talk about why some people choose not to use insurance, including the therapist as well as yourself, you know, as the client. I talked a little bit about one of the top reasons a, a bit earlier. In order for an insurance company to consider your claim, to consider your sessions, a therapist has to give you an individual mental health diagnosis, okay? And if that coverage is for a couple or a family, then at least one person has to be diagnosed. So it can get tricky when you are seeking therapy for perhaps a family or a couple session. There always has to be what we call an identified patient, an IP. So for whomever that may be, it, it's going to have to follow that record and become the official diagnosis. And because there's so many different spectrums of the rainbow of mental health, sometimes you can be to the point of needing a full and complete official diagnosis. You may fully have a disorder, but also you may not. For example, trauma experiences that are more short-term sometimes don't last too long, but then you can also have the diagnosis of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So there's a possibility. Another example is grieving. 
grieving is not inside of any kind of diagnosis code. The closest thing that we can find to it is adjustment disorder, essentially the adjustment of a major life change or transition. And a lot of insurance companies do not (laughs) recognize that particular diagnosis code, which therapists and mental health professionals all across the land do not understand, right? We have gone all the way to Congress trying to negate this. But in the end, they simply don't understand this. Also, couples relationships problems, it is also inside of the realm of having a diagnosis and yet not fully being recognized by insurance companies, believe it or not. Family issues, family communication, you actually have to have a full diagnosis, usually anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, or major depression, et cetera, et cetera. So it can't be something more of a softer diagnosis, such as relationship problems or adjustment disorder. I could not tell you how much complication just that alone causes, because sometimes people are not to the point of having full anxiety or full major depression. Sometimes it is simply just that they're having relationship issues or the fact that they have lost someone close to them and they are going through grieving. And neither of those, unfortunately, are fully recognized. So it's a very big challenge. And that's one of the reasons why some people do not take insurance from the therapist side and sometimes why some clients decide not to take insurance or, excuse me, use insurance. Another reason is normally the notes that your therapist or mental health professional will take are legally protected documents. They are protected by one of the highest laws in the land. If you have a claim for your therapy session on your insurance, sometimes that insurance company may access therapist notes. It's a possibility. Sometimes that is possible. Usually most mental health therapists work very, very hard not to let that happen. And if the insurance company needs anything, they provide a specific kind of written letter that doesn't have a lot of detail to it about what you discussed. But sometimes it has to cross that line for one reason or another. And therapists and mental health professionals have to comply. If any situation like that happens in your particular case, it's possible that your notes could be shared with your insurance company. And just for that reason alone, some people decide not to use their insurance. And then on the other hand, some therapists decide not to use insurance as well because of that very sacred therapist-client relationship. third reason is that insurance companies often highly regulate the length, time, and the amount of sessions that they will cover for you, believe it or not. So no matter if you have a very massive mental health challenge, such as losing a loved one that just put you in extreme amount of grief, or if you are having such relationship difficulties that you are nearing the D word, right? Divorce. If you have extremely intense circumstances, you can only see your therapist so many times. And that's, that's not okay because everyone, their mental health challenges, like I was saying before, it's on a spectrum. It can be very disruptive. It can be very adverse to treatment and recovery when you all of a sudden get a letter <laughs> or a call from your insurance and they say, oh, your insurance's coverage for your therapy sessions are up. 
So a lot of uh, clients decide not to go that route so that their therapy can be intense as needed, can be extended sessions, can be special sessions. And a lot of therapists, many therapists, this is the number one reason actually with therapists why many of them do not take insurance anymore because of this reason. And I can give you a clear example. I started by being highly trained in trauma and for trauma work, it did not look like a one hour session once a week. I had my trauma clients dealing with such intense things, you yes, intense stories, such tragic things that happened to them, dealing with loss of their health, working with veterans with loss of limbs, you know, working with people who've been in terrible car accidents, who've lost people. It's very, very difficult. And that trauma stays and it disrupts your every single day. It did not always translate to an hour session once a week. Okay, so I had to work sometimes up to three sessions a week with some of my intense trauma clients. Insurance would never <laughs> cover that, never would cover that. And that is a definite shame, you know, on that part of the industry. But this is why it was so important to be able to to figure out a way to make sure that those clients were safe and covered. Final reason I can think of is Many people do not realize that when the therapist diagnoses you, that diagnosis, like I was saying before, it's permanent, stays on your medical record, could adversely affect you. However, we already talked about that. Make sure that you understand how you process with the disclosure of your medical records to, you know, anything that that goes to in the future, any application, such as with a future employer, you state that you recognize the problem and you got treated for it and now you're doing better. So let's get into it. Next pieces of what it looks like when you are not insured. The first thing to take advantage of and see if is available to you is an employee assistance program, an EAP. Utilize it. If your company has an EAP, and I, I've seen this so many times, I have so many colleagues and friends and family, they have an EAP available to them underneath their workplace, but they never utilize it ever. It's always just sitting over there to the side or just a card in your wallet. But this can be very helpful for you if you don't fully want to operate within your medical health insurance. So check your employer, see if they have a coverage program with an EAP. And in many cases, they will cover a set number of therapy sessions. And that can at least get you started. And then you figure out with the therapist what that looks like in continuation. So that's a really good option. I want to talk to the family members out there. I know that there are several of you who are worried about that process of seeking therapy through your workplace, through their EAP, and then making sure that your information stays private, right? I've had people come to me and say that I never use my EAP because I don't want my workplace to know anything about what I am going through. And I'm going to tell you and assure you right now, when you're working with your EAP, that is simply the umbrella process of the program. It's the connection. It's the referral network from the workplace offering connection directly to a mental health professional. But when you are working with your mental health professional, I guarantee you 100% they are operating under complete confidentiality to you. We, again, we are held by one of the highest laws. It's called HIPAA to maintain all your information be private. None of that information will go to your workplace. 
except for likely the diagnosis and how many times and possibly how many sessions you've had. That is it. No specific details. So if you had any worry of, you know, information being slipped to your boss or supervisor or anything like that, I hope this reassured you. And meantime, if you have an EAP, definitely, definitely take advantage. Next thing is just that basic process of paying out of pocket, completely and fully out of pocket, where you're going to pay for every session on your own. And when you do this, this is when you get the best, usually one of the best ways for care, and you can access more things that your therapist has available to you. So this is a major benefit when you are doing that. You have complete control of the sessions, of who you see, of how you need to find your your ideal therapist, including if you need to stop with one therapist and find your fit with another therapist. You have complete control over that process. You have control over, you know, the treatment approach. You know, when you're working with a therapist that is, you know, collaborating with you and you have control over how many sessions you can see, it's really the best time that you're able to get the best of care and the best therapy process from start to finish. Okay, so if you were paying out of pocket, I wanted to also talk to just how to make it a little bit more affordable to you. So here are some affordability options. The first one is to work with your therapist or mental health professional for a super bill. This is really easy. A super bill is simply a receipt. It's a receipt for the services that you went to that mental health therapist for. It has basic information, your name, the insurance company name, and the session, the amount of time, and the amount of cost to that. All of that is included in the receipt. And that super bill is something that then you would get printed or could download and print on your own from your therapist, and then you would be able to download it, upload it, fax it. Do we still have faxes today? <laughs> or send, get some way to send it to your insurance company to submit a claim, essentially, and get that reimbursed. So the next question people also ask is, how much does my insurance reimburse? That answer, unfortunately, I don't have for you because it varies by insurance which also varies by state. So you would have to figure that out beforehand. So a little tip is whenever you're calling your insurance, before you get started, you want to figure out how much reimbursement would your insurance have if you were to pay out of pocket and utilize a super bill. And finally, super bills, if you can't find it under that verbiage or term, you can also find it inside of out-of-network reimbursement or simply claims reimbursement. And hopefully they'll be able to guide you to being able to, again, you know, you get your receipt, your super bill from your therapist, you submit to your insurance company, and they're going to reimburse you to a certain portion. The average that I am aware of is somewhere between 40 and 60%, and then you would pay the percentage. So imagine that your insurance would be able to provide a larger portion, and then you complete the final portion of that payment. And hopefully that would be a little bit more affordability for this process of paying out of pocket. Another affordable option is to find group therapy somewhere. So many people don't take advantage of this, but it's also very hard to find. Again, there's no one place, one particular directory to find this. So if you attend group therapy, what happens is you get the support of usually one to two professionals and then several other people are in attendance. 
oftentimes several groups are able to be free because they're funded. So whenever that happens, you're looking for larger institutions, things like clinics, hospitals, universities, and schools. So larger institutions may have group therapy that could work out for you. However, if you're looking for anything with connected directly to a specific therapist or therapist office or mental health professional office, they may be able to provide a really great group therapy opportunity, but at a lower cost. So maybe a session would normally be 100 to $200, and perhaps you would go into therapy paying somewhere between $15 and $30. That's very, very helpful. As long as you're aware that you go into that process and the, the spotlight would not always be on you. But group therapy has an amazing ability to help open your eyes to different perspectives of the same problem. And then also you go in there and you sometimes realize, oh, that's right. You, you know, it's not just me. And hopefully that revelation helps you to recognize that you're not alone. Additional ways to make it more affordable is think about working with your therapist, but less frequently, perhaps. If you find yourself in the sight of a process of good improvement, if you find yourself not in need of as intense therapy as usually when you first begin, you can start meeting less frequently. You can start meeting perhaps instead of a weekly on a weekly basis, you're meeting every other week or you get to the point where you only need checkups and that would perhaps be once a month. So if you're paying out of pocket, this is always something you can talk to your therapist about and work very intensely at first. Usually it's that once a week showing up being very committed, working really hard on the main and major issues. And then after a while, you start to wrap up and close up or go to a process of check-ins by reducing the amount of times you show up. And hopefully that brings a little bit more affordability for you working with that therapist or mental health professional. So that's it for today. I hope that was helpful in getting you a little bit more understanding on what paying for therapy would look like with insurance, without insurance, some pros and cons to both, and then figuring out even if you wanted to do it without insurance and paying out of pocket, how you could do it in a more affordable basis. So giving you some options and some tools. And I'm always going to be trying to give you those resources and guide you inside of those directions. If you ever had any questions, you know where to find me. I'm always everywhere on the interwebs. <laughs> yes, I call them interwebs. I'm always on the interwebs at April Andell. Instagram is where I play and answer the most questions, Q&As. So you're more than welcome to join me there. In the meantime, I hope this answered your questions for, hey, do I need therapy? And then how do I pay for it? What are the next steps? If you ever have any more questions, don't worry. There's going to be lots more inside of this new podcast series, and we'll address them as we go. All right, so family, I hope that was helpful to you in answering your questions on how you would seek therapy after you ask that question, do I need therapy, right? And then figuring out the next steps to seeking therapy and paying for therapy and what that looks like with and without insurance. If you had any more questions in the future, don't worry. There's going to be lots more on this. This podcast is just starting and we are definitely going to revisit this with more information, more tips, more tricks, and even a special guest or two, because clearly <laughs> it is very hard to explain. We need an expert in the building. So make sure to keep 
staying tuned in. Check out new episodes in future, specifically about paying for therapy that will be coming soon. If you have any questions, let me know because every single time I am doing this show, I'm doing this podcast for you. I want to make sure to answer your specific questions and guide you to exactly where you need to go to start seeking and getting the support that you need. Until next time, peace, love, and mental wellness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? If you did, please tell a friend and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuned in. If you're always on Instagram like myself, come check out my page. I've got lots of tips and tricks on life and mental wellness. Ask me your questions. Plus, tell me what's on your mind, even if you need to figure out if you need therapy. And for my Facebookers and all my Twitter peeps and my Pinterest pinners, I'm online there too. In fact, I'm everywhere at April and Dell. Meantime, I can't wait to chat with you again on the next episode. So, till then, peace, love, and mental wellness.